Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 349. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we go on spring break. Uh, folks, it is a uh, spring break for me, or at least it's my kid's spring break, and therefore it is my all, my spring break as well. So today we have gathered a couple of really great segments from the vault to share with you, uh, and I'm so excited by, by the lineup we have today. First up, we have Margaret Cho and Sam Sanders joining us to discuss the happiest, least stressful jobs in America. Check it out. And next topic, the Washington Post reported on the happiest, least stressful jobs in America. And to talk about it, I'm joined by podcast host extraordinaire Sam Sanders and by all-time great comedian Margaret Cho. Hey, folks. Hi. Hi. Um, now, before we get into the actual data, so you saw this headline, the happiestly stressful job in America. What job did you think would be at the top of the list? Like, did you have a notion of what might be at the top of the list before you looked at it? Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling. Margaret, did you have mm -hmm. one? I don't even know. I don't even have an answer because I feel like every form of employment comes with some stress. Right. You know? I, yeah. 
I my instinct went to veterinary veterinarian or H- highest love highest rate of suicide vet- no, veterinary. Yeah, they watch dogs die every day. Okay, yeah, so the, then I completely yeah, I was completely wrong about that one. Highest rate of suicide of any profession. Yeah. Now here's the other one. I think that I might be right. I don't. It was not on the categories of the Washington Post. People who run doggy daycare centers. Those people. Mm. They just get to see the good part of the dog, like having fun with their friends all day long, and they, they don't have stressed. to deal with the trauma. They you would think? be they're stressed from people who aren't taking care of their dogs properly, dogs mm. who are reactive, mm. dogs who are sick. Mm. So they okay. have a lot of problems with like illness within. You know, there's like a lot of issues. There can be fights. You yeah. know, I and that so. that's kind of like you know with the um unpredictability a lot of times with dogs too okay so then yeah you're more like a bouncer although although i Mm -hmm. will say sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll see a person like in a big city walking like 12 dogs at once and all the dogs are in formation and that person has their headphones on and looks happy and i'm like you figured something out yeah yeah, yeah, the uh, the hottest top in chelsea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's always a hot top. It's always yes. And like nobody fat, the world's biggest headphones, yeah. walking 12 dogs and you know that you know they're broken a mess but that looks sexy. That looks super sexy. sexy. Super no, sexy. that's yeah. true. I yeah. I I haven't seen a dog walker that fits that description that doesn't seem basically happy to me. Right. Now, okay, so let's look let's dig into the actual data. So apparently um, lumberjacks top mm. the list as mm-hmm. uh, the happiest, most meaningful work on I earth. Mean, um, they make they- me happy. <laughs> Watching yeah. them in action. Yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> Wait, talk about your w- watching a lumberjack in action. Well, you know, during the pandemic, we all reached peak horny TikTok thirst. And there mm. was that guy on TikTok who was muscle bound, shirtless, and he would just go outside and chop wood while grunting. And that mm-hmm. was the whole shtick. Then there were these reaction videos of people watching him chop the wood, going like, ooh, ah. And like, that is enough to make me believe that all lumberjacks are sexy and I covet each and every one of them. That's hot. Yeah, it's I hot. It's beautiful. It's like, it's giving brawny. Yeah. It's giving, um, it's, it's giving plaid. It's giving that beautiful mm-hmm. cedar wood smell. Mm-hmm. Pine. Mm-hmm. All the smells. I love what's it. What's weird is I think you're both wearing the same shirt. Is that we what's happening plaid. right now? We're wearing yeah, plaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're both. Are we doing both... lumberjack drag right now? We, we are. are. <laughs> I love it. We are. What can I chop? I still have my Christmas tree up. Let's chop it down. Oh, oh. cute. Oh my it's going to smell really good. I love a Christmas yeah. tree smell. It's so Beautiful good. Smell. That's why I keep it up. And then yeah, when you're done so with the good. Christmas tree, you can burn it. It's really good firewood. Delicious. Oh, all yeah. right. Um, now you're you're really slowly entering lumberjackdom via <laughs> this Christmas tree that by this point in the game really should have been taken down. Um <laughs> yeah. so so here's um another one that I thought was really crazy. So the whole lumberjack working on a farm, being outdoors, all of that, those that area of work was number one. And that seems to kind of make sense. There's also, um, I think with lumberjacks, there's like, and with farming, I think there's like clear metrics of like getting something done. Like the chickens mm-hmm. have been fed, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dog has corralled the what, sheep or whatever, you know, like th- there's, it's easy 
easy metrics to get done. I think that's part of the um, the satisfaction, but obviously being outside, whatever, using your body, like getting the endorphins going, all of that. Now, number two, I was just utterly shocked by was real estate, rental, and leasing. Like real that estate is a agents. Lie. That Have you has met a to property be a manager? Lie. Have you met a property manager? <laughs> no, Nothing's a property right manager I can, I can see would be really unhappy. But the real estate agent who's just trying to like sell you a property or like I don't rent see you that. a property. I don't see that. That seems that yeah, that seems like really yeah, they seem unhappy when they're with their their pictures on benches. <laughs> There's like a lot of misery in the eyes, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's the weirdest when yeah. it's kind of a thirst trap, but also a bench. It's like there's something <laughs> yeah, yeah. weird about it. Sit on my face. That's yeah, what yeah. It's, it's a, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I'll, I, I, I guess if it's there, it's there. Um. Well, I mean, again, I don't, I was trying to like make sense of it. And I thought maybe it's like, really outgoing people who go into that profession because you have to deal with so many, meet so many people and then constantly convince them of stuff. Um, so maybe they're just like using their naturally God-given talent of being outgoing um, and they're like on their feet. So they're like getting a little bit of that exercise, you know, get a little, getting you know, a little I've, bit of circulation. I don't know. There's I've maybe watched, something there. I've watched all the reality TV shows with the realtors. And all of them seem unhinged. All of them yeah. seem unhinged. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, number six on the list was health and social assistance. The interesting thing is they have a really the high one of the highest metrics on satisfaction, right? Because they're doing something so good for the world, but their job is so stressful. Um, what were you? Healthcare workers. Healthcare workers. Yeah. Hmm. That seems, uh, seems, that seems to tr- track. It seems off, too, because that's, a, I mean, I can see there being satisfaction there, but it's also such a difficult job and also yeah. tiring. And, the, you know, yeah. it's it, 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 there's emotions involved. You know, it's, it's a lot. I don't know. I can't imagine that, but um, I'm not sure. I can also I... see people like being in healthcare sort of always having to remind themselves that they're doing good for people because the shitty part is so shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what the mm-hmm. worst, or one of the saddest things you can ever see, and I would see this a lot. I had, I've had a lot of family just be in the hospital. And every few months when they'd be in the hospital, I would be leaving and I would see a nurse on their break mm-hmm. on like a secret corner side of the hospital mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette. Yeah, oh, that is yeah. the saddest thing ever because you know yeah. they know better. And they they know. can't help it. They, they can't know. help it. That seems like the most thankless job. Yeah. Doctors probably have it easier, but nurses, they are in it. They are in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you'd be proud of doing that job and feel like you're helping, but who likes that? I don't know, man. It's no, hard. it's it's all terrible. Um, and my dad's a doctor, and he was just like just showing me this funny like check he got for like doing like a five hour surgery. Um, and it was like $32 or something. It's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's like, basically you're like, you know, obviously he's, he's, you know, you don't have to worry about my dad. He's doing great. But like, (laughs) but like the system doesn't like 
reward. Even doc. So doctors, you think, okay, they're not, they're like not as in it as nurses, but they're doing these like crazy things. And then they're dealing with so much insane paperwork so that they can then get like a check for $32, like underpaying Mm -hmm. them for, for like a five hour. It's just, it's, there's like this craziness in the world of healthcare that I think on all ends would just make you so stressed out. Now here's one that came in at number seven. And this is, this hits close to home for all of us. It's arts and energy. Entertainment. We came in at number seven, 4.0 on a six-point happiness scale. Uh, We're lying. 2.2. Do you think it's too high? Do you think it's too high? We are are performing happiness because we think it's hot. Yeah, it just looks good. It's just good. It's good for the algorithm to look Uh happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, so where would you rank? I mean, this is maybe this is too close to home, but what do you th- okay, what do you think the average number actually is at 4.0 on a scale of six is where we're reporting it? For people like that two, work in like the two. entertainment industry, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So three or a two. Yeah, three or two. I feel two. like the whole thing, well, like comedians are supposed to be unhappy. Like that's how it works, right? Yes. Yeah. You yes. need that for the art. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> podcasters secretly hate ourselves and everyone around us. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we're it, just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of it is just like the the sheer instability, right, of the yeah. field. Yeah. 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 And then you're like kind of working in a, a space of like public opinion, really. And then you're always worried about like, oh, I'm going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. And then right. also... Who cares? You know, who cares? Like, then the, like yeah. it's like, a, like, who cares if I do? And then you're like wrestling with that. And then... yeah. Uh, I mean, I my happiness does come just from the way that I've situated my life, and because uh, I, I find that the entertainment industry can be very stressful, so yeah. I look for joy in my life. Not to say that it's not fun. I love doing comedy and I love doing acting and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of things that can make it really, really stressful. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of times when you're in the entertainment industry or broadcast or whatever the job itself asks you to really blur the lines between your life and your work. Like your persona is part of the work and performing Mm -hmm. yourself becomes part of the work. And I can see how that can make a lot of people unhappy. So yeah, I don't think we're a generally happy bunch. We perform happiness and get paid for it. Performative happiness. So Margaret, let me ask you a question specifically about comedians. Do you feel like, the onset of like the the cancellation stuff and just like getting too much feedback online in the last like you know five to ten years or whatever has has chipped away at our happiness level. Like, do you think being a comedy earlier in your career was was better or which is more fun? No, it's just added another level of anxiety to it. But it's like it, it's never been fun. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing about this that has ever been. No, no, it's actually great. But it's like, I don't think it's added to it because it's just, it's what it's asking. I think cancel culture is actually great because it's adding, asking mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. look at language to be more fair. Mm-hmm. Right, to look right, at the right, power right. that words have. So it's actually productive for society to have that. You know, I guess I, I think for me, it's not I, I'm not particularly concerned about cancel culture in so much as I'm just I just I don't like I think the thing that's been needling at all at everyone and comedians in particular, but at everyone is just like constant feedback. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think we're designed to have 
jobs in which so many people can give you such constant feedback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether for, forgetting the whole world of cancellation, just like literally constant feedback, whether good or bad. I think there's like a world where like even getting great feedback makes you kind of feel bad oddly. Um, so uh, yeah. So I think that's part of the thing that that seems like it may, you know, may dimin- diminish some of the happiness. Also, we're at a 2.2 for stress. I thought that was low. I was like, how are we not at like a 4.9 for stress? You know what I mean? Or, a, you know, on a scale of six. Now, here's another one I wanted to ask you about. Activities that are the happiest. Topping the activities that make people the happiest. Oh, I thought you were going to say topping. Hey. Topping is the activity that makes us the happiest. So, so topping is number one in our hearts. But um, it, according to the survey, religious and spiritual activities, which might include topping, are number one. And um, sports and exercise and recreation are number two. And here's, um, yeah, it, it, socializing, relaxing, and leisure. Here's what I thought was crazy. Number nine. So I think mm. the thing that is like, we talk about all the time, like me time and wellness and da da da, socializing, relaxing, and leisure does not actually make us the happiest. Mm. I believe mm. that. I think what everyone needs and wants right now in this like environment, whether we say it or not, is just like quiet. You yeah. want quiet. Mm. You want no devices. You want quiet. You want to just be still and watch the sun and count your fucking breaths. Yeah. And like literally, the best part of my week. Is that final part of yoga where they're just like, lay down and close your eyes. Thank you. I needed that. I needed that. That's true. So I would yes. say that is probably the best thing right now because we're all overstimulated. Nonstop. We get too much feedback. Yes. Um, just sitting still is what we want. And here, and then we'll close on this, the locations where people are the happiest. It kind of tracks with activities a little bit, but I thought something interesting here. So the top three locations where people are happiest. First is the house of worship, okay? So the silence, okay. the da, 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 the getting yeah. into the Zen mode, whatever, giving yourself over to a higher power, all that. Number two, outside, just like being outside. Got that it. makes sense, yeah. nature. Yeah. Number three was being at someone else's house. Not your own house. Someone else's if house. If you're topping. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There yeah. it is. The yeah. survey explained. <laughs> I will say the most relaxing place for me on a regular basis is when I have to go number two, but I forget my phone. So I'm just on the toilet Ooh. for a few minutes doing nothing but like pushing things out. That's so good. <laughs> it's really. I never tr- take my phone in the bathroom though because I really. Just, I oh, don't want to get any feces on it. Girl, oh, that's it's already so happening. good. There's fecal I mean, matter everywhere. It's everywhere, but I'm trying to like lessen it. Okay, I get that. <laughs> no, I think I think the average person's phone is like as you know fecal whatever as a sewage system. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. because yeah. everyone yeah. takes their phone into the bathroom. We're all disgusting yeah. people, and we need to learn from you, Margaret. And that is the moral of today's episode. Sure is. Um, yes. 
Folks, that is the end of the episode. I want to thank you both so much for coming on this show. You're both just so utterly delightful. I was so excited to see this combination of people on the panel today. I can't even tell you. And what I would love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Margaret Cho, where do they do that? They can find me um, at margaretcho.com at Margaret underscore Cho on Instagram, at Margaret Cho on Twitter, and at the Margaret Cho on TikTok. Sam Sanders, where do they do that? So on the social platforms, I am at Sam Sanders. So at Sam Sanders on Twitter, at Sam Sanders on Instagram, and I host two weekly podcasts. Uh, on Wednesdays, new episodes of my podcast, Vibe Check, drop. And on Thursdays, new episodes of my Vulture and New York Magazine show, Into It, drop. Uh, they're both really fun. Check them both out. And also got to just say, Margaret, it's it's such an honor to be in the same podcast panel with you. I'm such a humongous fan. I love everything you do. And you just are a trailblazer in so many ways. Mad respect, XX. Thank you. I'm such a fan oh, of yours. You. Thank, thank you. you. This is awesome. And to everyone, please like subscribe to Sam's both of his shows, which are so fun and just great. And also, don't forget to see Margaret live and in person, which is how she should be seen on the Live and Livid tour, um, which like I can't wait uh, to go to myself. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we shall continue. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
All right, we are back. And for this next segment, we have Sina Ghaznavi and Alex Berg, who join us to discuss about gym etiquette and the eternal question of whether you should invite two people to a party that you know hate each other. All right, check it out. And for this next topic, I am joined by the wonderful host of Fraudsters and just veteran and fantastic guy of Fake the Nation. Uh, It's Sina Ghaznavi. Hey, Sina. Hey, how's it going? I am also joined by on-air personality. She's hosted a gajillion things. She's a journalist and she's wonderful. Her name is Alex Berg. Hey, Alex. Hello, hello. Um, so today we're dipping into the cultural grab bag to see what's there. And first up is, um, you know, it's it's we're recording this um, still relatively new in the year. People are back at the gym, okay? They're trying to get off the LBs that they uh, recruited during the holidays. And uh, as I am, I mean, I very stereotypically got like a 10 class package at a uh, at a high intensity interval training uh, outfit um, in New York City to uh, to get back in shape. Um, what so you know we we looked at a piece about the do's and don'ts of gym etiquette, and I was just wondering, like, do do you have your own personal do's and don'ts? What's your relationship with the gym? Uh, I don't go as often as I should. I do have a membership. I do. I feel like there's like a gym tax I like to pay, and so that is <laughs> that is what I do. But the one rule that I have because I broke my own rule recently and it was so embarrassing is boxer shorts. What? Oh. What do you mean you wore boxer shorts to the gym? Yeah. Can you see the problem? (laughs) Can you see the I mean, if I'm on the bench, everyone can see the problem. Everyone can see your business. Everybody sees the problem. But also, it's like, even if you can't see it, like wind, uh, the AC, (laughs) you get a little bit of like a cold shot up there. You can't lift heavy weights doing that. So that is that is my big thing. And was also, it just late? It was it late in the uh, laundry cycle. I mean, why did this happen? I was to just, you? you know, it's like when you're a parent, you're like running out of the house, and I'm like, oh shit, oh, this is gonna be uncomfortable. And yeah. then, and then my other rule is, you, it's it's like the uh, it's um, the curb your enthusiasm uh, way to do it is you don't stare, you glance. Okay, there's a lot of happening at the gym. All right, a lot of beautiful people. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't stare, you glance. You you see that you move away. Move, dart the eyes, okay? But don't stare. Can I just say, I feel like I'm more of a pervert about <laughs> other women's thighs because my goal is like <laughs> invariably like my thighs or whatever. Like, I'm going to have hot thighs by the time I'm done here. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'm like always checking out other women's thighs to be like, do I want those thighs? No, wait, no, I want those thighs. I mean, I'm like disgusting. Uh, so I, I, and I, and I'm now realizing about myself that I need to like make sure I'm not staring and I'm staring. And, and also it's gross because I'm coveting like, oh, I wish I had her thigh. It was horrible. <laughs> Your um, eyebrows Alex, bouncing and stuff. <laughs> It's horrible. Alex, what's your relationship with it? I I go to a lot of classes. I feel like I almost enjoy the gym more because it clears my head than anything else. But I also like I like feeling strong. Um, I think I have like two rules, which is uh, just one, give people space. I feel like this goes along with like wiping down the machine after you use it. Like just give people personal space. You know, I feel like especially COVID times, like just 
you know, I don't want anybody up in my business and I try not to get up in other people's business um, is one big one. And then the other is do not give unsolicited advice. Mm. It doesn't, you don't want somebody coming up to you like, I don't know. Wait, tell does you this you're doing... happen? Like, like yeah. from another civilian, not like from a trainer. Yes, this definitely happens. I've seen it happen. I think when I went more to like a traditional gym and less classes, right, it used right, to happen right. where like some dude would come up to you and be like, "Let me show you how this is done or how you should do it." And I mean, I feel like maybe if there's some context in which that it is appropriate to go up to a stranger, I don't know what that would be. You should ask them, are they open to chatting or something at the so gym? So do but, you feel like when yeah. you've gotten notes from other civilians on your <laughs> on your performance, um, when you've gotten direction, uh, is it there? Were they trying to flirt with you? I don't think they were trying to flirt with me. I think maybe they thought I was doing a favor. I remember one time very yeah. specifically when I was on an erg, which is like a rowing machine. I had yeah. been a rower in high school, so I, I actually feel like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But, um, and for me, this is always men who are coming up to me to like, you know, teach me a thing or two. Uh, like a guy came up and started correcting my form. And I was just like, I was a really good rower oh in high school. Like, what are you doing? But I don't yeah. know. It is also possible that somebody is flirting, trying to yeah, strike maybe up a conversation. You're, because so I don't know. Maybe if you're like, it was always men. I mean, I, I'm a little bit like, well, maybe they were like, yeah. you know, um, looking at your beautiful browns and like, hey, I want to check out that girl and see if we can strike up a conversation about rowing. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you never know. Uh, it's what's also funny is like the it's like that that like stereotype of the you know um, the, the the divorcee meeting someone at the gym, you know, a trainer at the gym or whatever, like a yoga instructor, like that whole stereotype. Like I gotta be honest, I feel like. In the heterosexual community, unfortunately, I'm not seeing as many love connections in the gym as I think popular culture leads you to believe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying there isn't. I just like, I don't think it's like as rampant because when you talk to gay men, and again, I don't know what, where lesbians are on this. I'm so curious. But when you specifically talk to gay men, like my gay male friends are like, well, there's a gym I go to to work out. And then there's a separate gym I go to to like check out dudes. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, that sounds nice. You know what I mean? Where you just have like your purpose-driven spots that you go to. And like one of them, like you could work out, but also you could just like look at a hot dude and it's like a general understanding um i could wear boxer I, uh, shorts at that gym exactly <laughs> you wear <laughs> right, exactly you wear boxer shorts at that gym but i love but i uh, but i loved like when i first moved to new york and learned that like oftentimes my friends would be like oh yeah no no i don't go to that gym to work out <laughs> you know <laughs> like um andrew wait is this is this true still i'm the wrong person to ask okay gym. All right. Andrew says he's the wrong person to ask about the gym. I feel like in the LGBTQ community, there's a huge gym culture. And I feel like even as a queer woman, you know, if I if I'm in the gym, if I'm in a class and I see somebody who looks like family, you know, I'm gonna probably give them like a little head nod and maybe like, you know, try to be friendly or something like that. So I feel like it is probably kind of true for queer women as well. Yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. I I do know a lot of like queer, this is like such a bad stereotype, but I feel like I do know a lot of like queer women sports groups. Like for whatever reason, my straight women friends are not creating these like sports collective contact sport groups to hang out in. <laughs> and like everybody goes and plays and then goes and gets drinks or something. And for some reason that seems to be one way that like 
us queer women are building community with each other. See, so. I love that. I love that. And also, if I ever played a sport, I'm going to call you first and yes. see if you can th- put me in touch with a, a, a sports group. Yes, um, please. You're invited anytime. It, I mean, and that's why classes work for me, because they're like, it's a little bit of a fake party happening, you know, it, like it's loud, like whatever songs uh sean paul remixes or whatever i mean (laughs) and you're like i'm at a party but you know and so it's it's kind of it could be really fun um one of the one of the things on here the the don'ts at the gym was don't compare yourself to others now i as we all know i obviously do compare myself to others do you guys i mean it feels unavoidable i just almost thought like That's just a crazy aspirational thing to say. Don't compare yourself to others. I love this. The and I I really do this. This is not a joke. So I know that I can't compare myself like physical stature to these these men at the gym. But when I'm in the locker room, I am walking around thinking to myself and looking at them saying, I am hairier than them. I am more (laughs) (laughs) I am am so much more of a man than these these little ones. These skinless men with their carved muscles. I was like, you don't even know what being a man is. <laughs> oh, comparison, right, Allie? I mean, are yeah. you... Um... You know, I try not to. I think I get more sucked into comparison on Instagram when I see fitness people. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I'm in classes, since you also do classes, if I'm at a hit class, um, like a high-intensity interval training class, I actually think I'm a very competitive person. So what happens to me is if we're like... if you know, we're doing whatever the move is, the exercises next to each other, I'll start to go faster or push myself harder just because I'm too competitive. So I feel like that's probably not oh, a very good way of doing things, but I'll try to do more reps than the other person. Yeah. By the way, I am, uh, I take these classes. I'm always, and I'm not trying to shit on myself. I'm always like the worst person in the class. Like I don't have the arm string. I'm not trying to be great at that. I just want the health benefit, you know? And so when there's something that I'm like, I truly don't feel like I could do that in a way that I'm comfortable with, you know? And so they'll just be like, all right. And they know, like when they see me immediately, they're like, and this is the alternate form of that exercise. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because they just know and I think also at the end of the day you know I think they're like it's nice that you're trying you know what I mean I'm like one day I'll, I'll be able to hold myself up from that pole and pull my chin up to it like but we're just not there yet guys <laughs> like I'm not gonna like embarrass myself but you are the funniest no person you're the funniest I, person in the class. And that's that's the feeling I get. I, I In the locker room, I feel I'm not only the hairiest person, but the funniest <laughs> person. <laughs> um, and then, and, uh, okay, this one's a real quickie from the cultural grab bag. I just want to ask you guys. We saw Dear Abby letter in the New York Post, which, yeah, we take uh, our, our fearless producer, Andrew, keeps an eye on the New York Post for us over here. And the question in the the Dear Abby letter was basically, can I invite two friends that hate each other to my party? What do you think? I screwed this up when I was younger. I What'd definitely you yeah, I definitely didn't invite one person, invited the other. And then that person I didn't invite never spoke to me again. See, that's a big part of it. Yeah, it was bad. I think in the future now, I just, it's just like, you guys just got to do it. I'm just doing it. It's not going to happen. Alex? Yeah, I agree. I I invite both people. Also, like, if you're an adult, it's your mess. 
not my mess. It's my party. I want to have a good time. I feel like maybe there are a few contexts where I would give someone a heads up, but I don't even know. I can't even think of would I have two enemies in my same friend group I'd be inviting to a party. Yeah, I would think maybe inviting the ex of somebody like a, and mm. i'm not talking about like casual ex i'm talking about ex-husband ex-wife mm. like ex they were together for 10 years it's very dramatic like harvey weinstein pick, yeah no harvey totally. weinstein <laughs> i would give a heads up on that if you're inviting bill cosby to your party maybe <laughs> let some people know like those are yes definitely um but i but i feel like uh there's only i think you're right alex there's like a few contexts um and Sina, it's so crazy. It didn't even occur to me that I would invite one person, not the other, and then the other person would be upset. I was just thinking about the party dynamics. Yeah. I actually think that you invite you. What you do is you invite both people, and then you tell all your other friends. Oh my god, can you believe I invited Gerald oh. and Chad? Those guys hate each other. Let's see what happens. <laughs> like, I think it could be an interesting firework situation um, and it could make the party better in a hot gossip way. I agree. I think, I think if you're inviting petty people with petty problems with each other, grab yes. a glass great. of wine, grab your popcorn. Not only have you like set the stage for a great party, you're also providing the entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All we have here is uh, is is drinks and uh, Gerald and Chad who hate each other. That's what you're getting tonight. Um, all right, folks, let me know in the audience. What is your personal policy inviting people uh, to the party? And do you have any gym do's or don'ts? Cena uh, added a really, really useful one in boxer shorts. I thought that was really, I think, uh, something that should have been in all of the articles. It wasn't. <laughs> um, all right. And that, my friends, is the end of the show. And ah, you both are so utterly delightful. I can't even handle it. What I would really love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Cena, where do they do that? You can follow me at Cena now on all social media and make sure to follow Fra- at Fraudsters LPN. That's our podcast all about scams. And we've got a great show. We just did the diamond industry. We're doing Lou Pearlman next. So check it out oh my god um did you use a clip from the movie blood diamond in your diamond industry episode i'll one up you on that we actually used a clip from congo okay (laughs) (laughs) amy friend oh i love that folks um absolutely subscribe follow cena everywhere at you already know this i don't have to tell you he's the best um alex berg who is also the best cream of the crop alex where do people follow you you could just find me on all the social media platforms as at it's alex berg i honestly when we thought twitter was just going offline i joined like every possible social media platform you could possibly join and so just it's alex berg like literally everywhere Oh my! So you're on Mastodon. I am on Mastodon. Am I hey. actually using it? Eh, you know, maybe sometimes. Three fake the nation listeners who have Mastodon accounts, <laughs> follow her on Mastodon. Let's get this going. God, I should yeah, probably be my open like fifteenth follower, please. Be- <laughs> <laughs> um, and folks, you know where to find me and all the social medias. And that, folks, is the end of the show. I hope you're having a great 
spring break or some sort of faux spring celebration. I know we just finished celebrating Persian New Year, so I hope you're in the spring swing of things. I want to thank everyone who makes the show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum. Our theme music is by Gabby Alter. And folks, don't forget, um, we are starting up a brand new Fake the Nation bonus you can check out episodes of the Fake the Nation Succession podcast with me and my co-host, Danielle Derschlag. We will be recapping Succession. So watch Succession. And then on Mondays, you can check out that bonus pod. It's going to be so fun. And I know the show is going to be so amazing. And I mean, just let's all let's all do this together. Let's all watch Succession and, and, uh, and recap it up. Uh, don't forget, you can email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.